This is One in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. One in 59 is a weekly show devoted to topics related to autism spectrum disorder. Good morning and welcome to One in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, Chief Development Officer at Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning, all the way from Newfoundland, Canada, um, we have with us Joan Chason, um, who is an autism consultant, a retired teacher, and the co-founder of an organization called AIM, which she's going to describe. And this is all happening in a place called Portabasque, uh, Newfoundland, Canada. I could go on and on, but I'm going to sound ridiculous. So, Joan, good morning. Thank you for being good on the morning. show. Um, oh, thank you. And I'd love for you. I, I, I was introduced to you because we were actually I was doing some research looking for places throughout the world that have become kind of what we would call autism friendly or autism um, aware, but as entire communities. And that is, I think, how we found uh, a video that involved you and AIM and, and uh, Puerto Basque and Beyond that, I just remember saying, I really want to get to know this person. <laughs> so um, can you can you tell us the story? Give us a little background about who you are and um, and then talk about, you know, being uh, involved with AIM and, and what, what has happened in Puerto Basque. Okay. Well, first, I'll say I'm a retired teacher. I'm 62 years old, so that will give you an average age of me. Uh, I, I taught for 30 years, and I taught – I was – taught mostly with special education. I was qualified in that area. I had my diploma and then degree in special ed. So, And then I also did work with the regular children because in Newfoundland, we're, I'm living in a town of about approximately 3,500 people. So our schools, you can bounce from teaching kindergarten one, one year to teaching grade 12 the next year and back and forth. So, But I did do most of my work with the special education children. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I retired in 2009, and uh, we can do that in Newfoundland. You just teach 30 years. It doesn't matter what your age is. So at 52, I wasn't ready to just sit back and retire. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I did take my first year off, but during that year, I was asked by a parent in town if I would do some private therapy work, home therapy work with his child, who was four years old at the time. Mm -hmm. And his child had, had been just diagnosed with autism. So uh, I said, yeah, why not? You know, like, I'm, I'm sort of like a little bit ADD, not diagnosed, but I couldn't sort of just sit around anymore. Right, right. And <laughs> so I, you know, I knew I could, could, could do it. So anyway, I started working with him, and autism was one of my favorites that I worked with when I was teaching because, like you say, this is like a puzzle, and you find, see their strengths. And then you work on their strengths to get more strengths. Right. And um, I just fell right in love with the little fellow, and I fell in love with working back with this with the autism again. Mm-hmm. So that was where we started from. Uh, his mom and myself. We like I didn't have any children who had autism, so I could only go by what the parents were telling us. Okay. And I learned so much from his mom. Because uh, as it turned out afterwards, she had another child, a younger child, who got diagnosed with autism. And she was telling me so many struggles that they would have. So we said, you know, like, if you got these many struggles, there must be other people in town with the same type of struggles. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing there for anyone 
for any support group or nothing. So in uh, January of 2013, we started. With a, it, the idea came up between us in the kitchen at, in 2012. <laughs> but we had our first meeting in 2013, and I think we had four people at that meeting. Okay. So uh, now this- we have well over 75 on our private Wow. And this is the, this is the first official meeting or maybe unofficial, but this was the beginning of AIM, correct? Which This that's right. This was the beginning of AIM. And AIM stands for Autism Involves Me. Mm-hmm. And uh the parent she thought of that idea herself and she thought, well, "Okay, now who are we going to ask to try to get into our group?" So it turned out that during that year, our group grew and and became like parents, family members, home therapists, educators, preschool teachers, daycare workers, and we had we had just interested individuals who wanted to to join. Okay, so I'm gonna if I can just interrupt, I want to ask you a couple yep. of questions just based on what you shared because um, this is one of the reasons why again we were we were sort of drawn in by by your story and by the what we saw in this in, in this video that it, that kind of uh, did an overview of of what's happening uh, where you are and um, so the first thing that drew us in I think was just the natural evolution of of aim starting, but the other thing that we hear all the time at Anderson when we're talking with families is the the, the deep sense of isolation that many families go through when they have a child with autism because, you know, for various reasons, maybe it's the, the behaviors that, that their loved one is, is exhibiting or they have multiple children and they're just, you know, they're, they're, they sort of have this sense, and, and it's a real thing, um, where there can be a huge stigma attached to taking your child with autism out into the community, out of even just out of your house, um, and experiencing judgment and stares and discomfort, and it feels safer in many ways for families to stay hidden, if you will. And I think that, you know, you know, at Anderson, we're, we're a large organization. We serve a, a large number of families and children and adults with autism. And so when we're working with them, it's a very, it's a, it's an environment that's all about being very open and, and, uh, aware of, um, of, of any of the, any behaviors, any, any differences, any, anything that might, um, might be challenging that individual in the family. But so let me go back there. So, so you and this parent are talking, you're working with their four year old. Is it does it start with a real sense of I don't know how many other people there might be in this small town who actually have somebody in their family with with uh, diagnosed with autism? Was that an unknown when you first started? Yes, it was. Mm. Uh, and everything that you have just said, that parent was going through. So, so she was and experiencing not feeling like there was any place she could go. That's right. Mm. And you know, her child had a lot of sensory needs. He had he had very much anxiety. Mm. So uh, they didn't know, like, you know, like, to take him out to a restaurant. As a matter of fact, if they went away, they always took his food with them, and they ate all their lunches in their car. Wow. Uh, yeah, and, and we live, like, two and a half hours to three hours away from the nearest big center, a city. So we have to travel those two and a half hours for everything. Like we have, our, we have our say our GPs, our general practitioners are here, but we have no specialists in this area. So, so, so when, so when this child, travel. when this child was diagnosed, um, was he diagnosed hours away from from where the family lived? Yes, yes, they had mm. they had to take him, uh, and we we still have to do that here. Uh, we have a wonderful speech language pathologist here. That's really really helpful. 
we but to go for the team as such to do the final diagnosis and mm-hmm. to go for all the different uh, people that you have to see mm-hmm. to get your final diagnosis, the early childhood, you know the the pediatricians, the specialists, and whatnot, the OTs, that you have to travel for the two hours, two and a half hours to get there for every one of your appointments. So by the time you get there, the children already got a lot of anxiety. Oh, sure. Sure. Right? So, and, yeah. you know, and, and also, like, a lot of times we live in a very windy spot. We're, we're one of the windiest spots in the world, as a matter of fact, by times. And we have to get through that area to get to the places. So a lot of times they have to stay overnight. Because if their appointment's on one day and we know we're going to have a wind warning, they have to go the day before. Now, which brings into a whole other thing. Because then you're then you're staying in a hotel, which is an unfamiliar environment. That's right. Very difficult to recreate many of the things, especially for somebody um, struggling with sensory uh, issues, to recreate the, the comforts of home. That's right. So, so I, I wanted you to draw that out just a little bit because I because a lot of our listeners are not going to have uh, visited uh, Port of Basque and are not going to have a sense, but, which does come through in the video. And I encourage people to to watch it. We'll 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 um, we'll get a, a, to a point in the show where we're going to share the information mm-hmm. about how to find that. Um, but but if you don't watch the video and you don't know the area, it is, first of all, stunningly beautiful. Yes, thank but, you. It is. It's a place that I would like to come visit, but definitely oh, you, you, can see, you can see. Well, for many, many reasons now. Um, yeah. be- before we take a quick break, can you just also tell us, how did you first start inviting people to the group? Because it sounds like you went from, I don't know, are there other people with, with a loved one in their home with autism to figuring out if you must have put the word out somehow that made people oh, feel like they could come? Yes, we did. Now, you know, like, so I've been in the area for 30 years. and I grew up here, too. So people knew me, mm-hmm. which was good. And and the father of the little fellow that we were with, he was a pharmacist in town. So they knew him. So that was kind of really nice. And his wife was a beautiful person. So that was like, well, she was very, very outgoing and very comforting to be with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew different people. So we, we, we told them about it, you know, like I, I like to do everything sort of face to face with people. Uh, I got together with some of my retired teachers that we knew and they came aboard and also some that were still teaching. Uh, we let our, our preschool know because we in our school we have like a little preschool classroom for four year three and four year olds. So we let you know her know, and she came. And so before you knew it, it was a word of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, people started to come, and uh, and it slowly increased. And then so then what we did. We started, like, it was a support group, and so we had the other lady who was the parent, so she did a lot of the talking and understanding on the parent's side, and then they had me, who was the educator, so I could bring in a lot of the things from the educational side, so our meetings were kind of cut I won't say in half, but we always went with a book or some kind of materials that they could use, and then she had all of her experiences, so then people could more or less ask me the questions. I became the consultant. Mm-hmm. That's where the consulting part came in. Because I don't charge for any of that part because you wouldn't charge in a small town like this. They mm-hmm. just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would be, be that part, and she was the parent part. So we kind of went really well hand-in-hand hand for that. 
Beautiful. It sounds, I, I can't wait for the second half of the show where we're going to, I'm going to ask you to, to fill us in on, on, so what's happening now and, and how far things have come and to describe the, 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 um, the town now, because that's just another stunning part of the story. Uh, um, it is. So we're going to take a short break and come back with Joan Chazon from, uh, who's an autism consultant uh, and co-founder of Autism Involves Me in Puerto Basque, Canada. We'll be right back uh, with 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism. For those diagnosed with autism, the right educational, vocational, and residential programs can optimize their quality of life. At Anderson Center for Autism, we offer all of that and more. We've got programs rooted in evidence-based practices that unlock potential. And we also have a palpable spirit of community that will make you and your loved one with autism feel right at home. Schedule a tour to see for yourself. Call 845-889-4034 or visit andersoncenterforautism.org. Welcome back to 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm Eliza Bozenski from Anderson Center for Autism. And this morning I'm talking with Joan Chason, who's the autism consultant, a retired teacher and co-founder of AIM, which is Autism Involves Me, in a beautiful uh, small town called Puerto Basque, Newfoundland in Canada. Has about 3,500 people living in the town. And um, Joan, thank you so much already for the first half of the show where you described your background and how AIM. Autism Involves Me got started and it really did start with you starting to consult with one four-year-old and, and his family who asked you after you had retired from teaching to, to sort of help them out. And can you bring us now to today? Describe what it's like for that particular child, for that family, and what is it like to live in Puerto Basque now? How has it changed because of what you and, and this parent have done? Well, I have to tell you that the children in Puerto Basque are the children with autism in Puerto Basque are like superheroes. <laughs> they our town has become autism friendly, mm-hmm. and in order to do that, I had to show the town, based on the percentage of the people that were in the town, number of people who were doing things for autism who did not have children who had autism. Mm. And so, anyway, I did, and then and back how, in. How did you? How did you do that? You gotta get. You gotta give us more detail there, Joan. How did you? How did <laughs> well, you do to, that? Well, to be honest, we started off in the very beginning with. We we wanted to have the parents wanted to us to have something that the children could use for their gross motor skills, and because they were going to school, they found, and they weren't ready for all the gross motor for the physical education. So what we did, we went to the town hall because our town hall owns our sports arena that we have. And we have a beautiful sports arena. It's it's the size for us, and it has all different kinds of like swimming, bowling, curling, skating, a gym, all in one area. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we, we did some homework before we went to them, and we said, okay, let's see if we can make a mini gym, a fitness center mm-hmm. for our children, right? So anyway, we went, we had our pictures and everything that we wanted, and... First thing was, you know, we're really interested, but we have no space left. But being from a small community, and this is what small communities do, they said, you know what? Maybe we go to the town and we ask them to buy a really big, one of those big, thick curtains. We got a walking track. So maybe we can cut the walking track off for the days that we use the, use the mini fitness center. And there's a storage room behind it so we can store it when we're not using it. Mm-hmm. The town went for it and bought this huge, big curtain, heavy curtain. And that's what they do. They cut the, sh- the walking track 
make it smaller, and they set out all the things that we have for our fitness center, which you see on the video. Mm-hmm. And so we bought, we fundraised and bought all the equipment. Then the town also, they rent it out for parties and you know, they have it for the public preschool. So they're making a bit of money. But this is how we started with with having things working in partnership with people. Okay. So then our next step was we work in partnership with our hotel here. We have we have two hotels with one hotel lady that I knew well. We work with her and we explain to her how parents, when they have to go away, they have a hotel room, but they have to take turns sleeping in the room because one parent stays in the car with the child for half of the night, then they go in and the other parent comes out. Wow. That literally happens. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the child is just too much anxiety for the child to go into a hotel. Mm-hmm. So, which would, okay, I'd love to table at the hotel, but that would probably take up another session. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. But we did, we, so we didn't have any really, really model to go by, so we made our own model for it. Anyway, we ended up that we have, our hotel has like a sensory calming room in the hotel, which mm-hmm. we developed and bought the equipment for. Mm-hmm. It has like picture menus. It, all the rooms on the first floor, she started with two rooms, but then she had to do the whole first floor because wow. she got so busy with it. The rooms are all redone so that there's higher locks on there. Everything is fastened to the to the walls or to the tables in the room. The coffee machines and all that are put in lock cupboards that the parents can take out. Right. We have slideshow made of the hotel so that can be passed out ahead of time can be emailed to the parents. They have special rooms that the parents can go in if they want to cook their own food their own way. They can give their own menu. Like, it's unreal. Wow. Right? Yeah. So we, so we had all that done. And then we had, like, just regular people. Like, we have a, a couple here, Sean and Jeanette Tobin. They own a first-choice convenience store, a little convenience store. And it ended up, like, we were going to this hotel for our meetings, because we didn't have a place for meetings. And we started buying all this equipment, buying things, and we had no place to put anything. Mm-hmm. So I put it on Facebook that, you know, we were doing this, and we, if anyone in town had, like, even a closet that they could just give us right, <laughs> put space. equipment yep. in. Mm-hmm. Right? And within 20 minutes, they emailed me and said to me, we have got a large room in the bottom of our store uh, that used to be a rec room and a big storage area behind that has its own bathroom. You people can have it free of charge, nothing for your light heat, nothing. We will look after it all. Wow. And 20 minutes. Our 20 re- minutes. 20 minutes. <laughs> and that, that is now our resource room for our aim. And, I mean, it is huge. And we have lots of room for storage. They have all the big shelves done for us. And, and then we were allowed to go in and do whatever we wanted with the room. Mm-hmm. So a local artist here in town, he donated his time, and he went and put a beautiful mural on the walls and got all the walls on and uh, puzzle pieces and all different things. He also did the mural for our calming room in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing a sensory room at our local high school, and he's back doing the, the mural for that one. Amazing. So this, so when I went to the town, mm-hmm. I had 20 different people who were doing things. Some were big, like that. Other things were like uh, a citizen owns a barn and farm animals. Mm-hmm. And he offered to give our children wagon rides. And he was always there for them to come over if they wanted to go in his barn because his barn is to the side. Even though we're at the town, we still got this little bit <laughs> of country so, life. Right, right. right? So, so, really this, so really this went, um, I'm going to use the word viral, but not in the social media sense. This really went like person to person it, to person, it, things it. making sense. And, and, and I, I, I get that. I think that when you break things down and you do what you did, which is to decide to go, the, the, the power of going and talking to individual 
school people mm-hmm. yourself, it's it, it's impossible not to see that this, you know, it makes sense. It's the right thing to do. It's people focused. You're in a small town. People know each other. So we only have a couple more minutes. And I, I know that there's probably a tremendous number of other people who've done things. But oh. I want to go back to what you said before. In your town, people with autism, children with autism are superheroes. What does that mean? They are welcomed everywhere. Mm-hmm. We we have our uh, autism awareness nights that we have at public meetings. And as a matter of fact, like we had one now just last month, and we had a wonderful turnout. There was like 50 people came, which is, this is like our third or fourth one. And we had one business there, uh, one business who couldn't get there. So now I have, I'm having another one on Thursday, and I'm having people calling me, asking me, can they come to this one on Thursday as a makeup one because they couldn't get there. <laughs> and this is what happens. These, these are all business meetings. And what we do, we, we do in-service workshops for the business owners or employees. Mm-hmm. So we, we do a training session, really, on autism. Yeah. And then when our children go into those businesses or adults, because we have a lot of adults that we know, and as you would know, that are not diagnosed. Right. But we know they're on the spectrum. Yes. And, and, you know, and they don't need a lot of support. They're very, you know, small amount of support. So they're in our community. Mm-hmm. So this way now our business people are understanding adults as well as children. Wonderful. And so they have, we have like a two-tier system, as such we call it, or two-step, I should say. When the people come to our meeting, they get a decal that says we are autism aware. Mm-hmm. And that goes into their window of their business. Then I go meet with them, and we decide what else can we do to make your business autism friendly. Mm-hmm. So then we do the next step. And it could be anything from putting a sensory room there. It could be just having a sensory fidget box in their area. Right. It could be having like a, like our bank here, our credit union, now just built a new bank. And they built it autism friendly from the very beginning. Wow. You know, we have a subway place here who's going to do it so that we have cards. And the people will be able to pick the cards of what they want to put on their sub because they probably can't speak. Oh, so you're, oh, great. So you're, so really it's the range. You're also addressing folks with autism who are communicating in, in ways other than verbally. I, I love this. And, and Anderson has this, yes. has we have a, we have a consulting program called Autism Supportive Environment that has a lot of these same factors with, even with the decal um, for, for the window, because I just want to comment briefly, the decals are important because remember, even though you, you've come so far in your town and so many other individuals and business owners are starting to really get wind of this and are moving in this direction, the, the fact that families still need to feel and deserve to feel reassured that they are going to be welcome in your place of business. That's right. Those decals are great because you don't have to ask. It doesn't have to no. be anything bigger than just seeing, oh, we can come in and nobody's going to That's judge right. or stare. And if my child needs a little space to to decompress a little bit, to self-soothe, they're going to have that and we can stay and we can enjoy our meal or we can have our overnight or we can do our shopping. It, it, is, it is both astronomically enormous as well as simple and and perfect and beautiful and that it's just doing the right thing for everyone and i i just i love it and and we have a we have a village right near us at anderson uh called rhinebeck which is in the process of uh becoming the first autism supportive community in our area and we're involved in helping them get there and we're just thrilled but you you have really created a model so with our remaining minute or so can can we talk about where people should go to 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 look at this video that really puts a visual with everything that you've shared today on the show Yes, they can just uh, go on YouTube and just write in Autism Friendly Town. 
Mm-hmm. And they'll see three or four come up because we've had them done with our different, uh, like CBC News, National News, and CTV National News came and did videos also. But the Today's Parent one is always our favorite. Okay. And, and and it's got the TP on it. So that one is the one that I would, if you've got time to watch just one, watch that one. Okay. And, and that, that tells the story of it. And if anyone would like to get in touch with us, uh, my email is J for Joan, B for Bell, and Chason, C-H-A-I-S-S-O-N, at gmail.com. Great. And I think you also have a Facebook presence, right? Autism Involves Me has a Facebook presence? We certainly do. We have a public page, yes. Great. Well, Joan, just on behalf of of everybody at Anderson and the families that I know are going to be intrigued and thrilled to hear about your beautiful town and what you've been able to accomplish there and the fact that the entire town and all the families and the business owners and really everybody involved is is celebrating children who live there as uh, with autism as superheroes amongst them is fantastic. So, thank you so much for what you've done. We look for I would love to show you Anderson someday, but I would also love to come and visit you and spend some time um, in your town and really feel what I think um, we all should feel when we are embracing and acknowledging that, that everybody, including all of those with autism, are just wonderful members of our communities. And so thank you for, for being on the show and sharing your story. Thank you very much for asking. I'm quite happy to come. And I am going to try to get to Anderson. Great. Well, let me know when you're in New York and we'll get you over. Thank you so much, Joan Chason. And please visit uh, Facebook. Autism Involves Me has a, has a public Facebook page. You can email Joan at jbchason, C-H-A-I-S-S-O-N at gmail.com. And then, of course, go to YouTube and look up Autism Friendly Town and click on the Today's Parent video. It is absolutely worth every minute that you'll spend watching it. Uh, This is 1 in 59, the weekly talk show on topics related to autism spectrum disorder. I'm your host, Eliza Bozenski, and remember, Anderson cares. You've been listening to 1 in 59, a presentation of Anderson Center for Autism. Join us for another edition of the show at the same time next week.